Hi there, this is the Reverend Michael Lowry, pastor of East Congregational United Church of Christ in Concord, New Hampshire, and this is Love to Tell the Story. It's an incredible affirmation of a wonderful blessing, and it's found in 1 John chapter 3, verse 1. See what love the Father has given us that we should be called children of God, and that is what we are. It's also the subject of today's message, which is entitled, And That Is What We Are, and begins with some thoughts on our many identities. Well, amongst the many lessons learned uh, in these weeks of summer, I, it has newly occurred to me, friends, that each day as I set out to face both the world and the challenges that await me there, I leave carrying a great deal of stuff along with me. You know, mostly it's the things you'd expect, right? My wallet, here. My phone, here. Uh, keys to the house, keys to the car. And, and of course, these days, you don't go anywhere without one of these. Should I get it right? There we go. The official Maine mask in this age of pandemic. And of course, Maine and New Hampshire, you just don't go anywhere without having one of these handy. You know, it's just the everyday essentials for what you got to do every day, right? But along with all of that and so much more, I have to tell you that I also carry with me something of much greater importance. And in fact, I would dare say that in your own way, you are carrying around the same thing. Because each one of us, each one of us, wherever we go and in whatever we do, we bring with us who we are. Actually, in truth of fact, we carry with us several identities by which we are recognized and distinguished by others. These are the ways that quite often serve to determine how we relate to those around us. For instance, I am Lisa's husband. I am my kid's dad. I'm also and shall ever be my mother's son. And unless I didn't know that before, true story, one day last month, when my mother was still in the hospital, I had to go to her bank to do some business there. And not only did I not know anyone working at the bank, it's been many, many years since I lived there, nor had I introduced myself to anyone as of yet. Nonetheless, and also, by the way, I was wearing a mask. The woman behind the counter immediately greeted me by name and asked how my mother was doing after her fall. I know there was a look of shock in my eyes, but she said she knew who I was because of my eyes. Well, so I'm my mother's son. I'm Keith and Sylvia's boy, and I shall forever be. But you see, there's much more than that even. I'm a son-in-law. I'm a father-in-law over the past couple of years, and I'm a brother-in-law as well as an uncle to several nieces and nephews. I am a proud resident of the Granite State, but most assuredly, unless you didn't notice before, I am a native Mena. Moreover, I am an American citizen, I am a taxpayer, and I am a voter. Thank you very much. And to a great many people, I'm also identified, perhaps primarily, quite honestly, as a church pastor. Now, 
Friends, I realize not everybody knows me that way, but I got to tell you over the years, I have been continually amazed by the number of those outside of the churches that I serve who do see me that way and people who approach me just on the basis of that identity. People, strangers even, who just want to talk about faith. This has been particularly true as of late, as it has applied to these strange and tumultuous times in which we live. You know, and and I've never minded that. In fact, I embrace it. Because I've always kind of felt that part of my identity as a pastor is pastoring, being a parson, as as you would think, to a larger community. On the other hand... I have to be careful not to assume too much. Maybe you've heard me tell this story before, but I, it always makes me smile all these years later. One time on a day that I happened to be all dressed up in a suit and tie, I was at a nearby mall department store. And this elderly woman comes up to me. She taps me on the shoulder. And when I turned around, she said, Yo, do you know where the light bulbs are? Now, for some strange reason, when she asked me that, I went immediately into pastor mode, right? I smiled at the lady and said, well, you know, it's probably down near the light fixtures, but I I don't know for sure. Why don't we find somebody to ask? To which this lovely lady replied in a bit of a huff, you don't know? You mean you don't work here? So I suppose there are times when that pastoral identity doesn't come into play. But then again, there have been many strange and powerful moments over the years when, for some unknown reason, I have encountered individuals who, right in that place where we were at that precise moment of the day or night, needed me to be a pastor. These are the moments when I do carry this identity I have as a pastor, as a Christian, as a child of God. And and that's when it all kind of comes to the forefront. When it suddenly becomes clear to me that this is where I'm supposed to be, this is what I'm supposed to be doing in this here and now moment. This is who I am. And I don't share this all with you this morning to let you know what a great person I am, but, but rather that it might serve as a reminder to each of you, that you carry this same identity. Now, your job description might not list pastor as its title. And even as a person of faith, you might not always consider yourself to be particularly religious as it relates to what you do for a living, or anything else for that matter. On the other hand, though, perhaps for you there was that moment when a friend or a neighbor chose your shoulder on which to cry. And even as you were offering up some comfort, silently you're wondering to yourself, why? Why you and not somebody else? Or maybe it was when you found yourself in the middle of a conflict between a couple of people or a couple of groups, and you are surprised to learn that it was your voice that had become the voice of reason and reconciliation. Or for that matter, in these strange days of pandemic, that you somehow became an example of hope and strength for the people floundering around you. Or maybe it was a time when it was far easier to turn away, yet you were the one who stood up and spoke out for that which is only right and just. And you were the one who rushed in to risk love and care for those in need. 
Let me tell you something, friends, that any of what I've just said applies to you, and you know what I suspect it might. The truth is, is that you might be more of a minister than you ever thought you were. For you see, one of the hallmarks of our Christian faith is that as Christians, each of us serves as a reflection of the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Now, I am absolutely sure that each one of you who is watching today carries a, a, a number of identities in your life. Man, woman, spouse, parent, child, friend, worker, teacher, coach, retiree, student. But in and through all of these, you carry a name that is given by God and which connects you to God. Just as a child is a reflection of his or her parents, you too are a reflection of your heavenly parent. You are a true child of God. That, you see, is the lesson of our scripture for this morning. See what love the Father has given us that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. That's who I am. And that's who you are. So often, you know, our mistake is that we assume that we got to work our way up to become children of God. But as we read from our text in 1 John this morning, we find it's very clear that we're already there. We are God's children. We're God's children now. It's a status and a relationship that is the gift and consequence of God's love demonstrated in the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And that is good news indeed. As William Willimon has put it, the best thing about all of this is that it is God's work, not ours. I do not always feel like a child of God, he says. I do not always look like a child of God. God knows I don't always act like a child of God. But I am. I am one of God's children, not because of what I did or because of who I am, but because God chose me out of all those in the universe to be his child. And so in love, dear friends, we've been chosen. You've been chosen, I've been chosen. We've been given a new identity and that transforms everything. But we have to understand that along with this new identity comes new responsibility. What's the first thing that we read there in 1 John, after this glorious affirmation of being called the children of God now, it's this. It's that no one who abides in him sins. That no one who sins has either seen him or knows him. Or, if I may pull out the, the message translation of this, because I love it, don't let anyone divert you from the truth. It's the person who acts right, who is right, just as we see it lived out in our righteous Messiah. Don't you love that? In other words, change of identity, it's a change of stance. Suddenly, it's no longer appropriate to do that which goes against our relationship with God. From here on out, it is going to matter what it is we are reflecting toward others. What we're going to send out. We're going to need to show forth love and righteousness rather than be mired in our sin and in disobedience. For friends, whatever shines out from us is now a reflection of God. To be a child of God, you see, 
carries with it the weight of responsible living, of words that speak the true nature of one's Christian faith, of actions that speak louder than words, and trying to change the world for the better. Not that we always succeed at that. Do you know that there are stores out there where you can actually rent an engagement ring? Seriously. Now, I don't know where this place is, and, and with the pandemic and anything, I don't know if it, right now it's in operation, but a few years back, I read an interview um, with the manager of a store in downtown Boston that was created for just this purpose. And they interviewed this guy, and he explained that, in fact, there are a lot of men who are thinking about proposing to their significant others, but not quite all that sure they want to follow through. And so, not to have to make the full commitment of time or money, these men choose to rent the ring for 30 days in order to make a half-hearted proposal. Uh, they even, if you look this up online, they'll tell you. They, they, it's like 20% on the value of the ring for the rental. Ah, romance. Well, folks, there are a whole lot of folks today who are living out their faith in the same manner. Half-heartedly, at best. With no real commitment, nor with any depth to what they, are, what they do and what they believe at all. You and I, who are called children of God, for that is what we are, we're called to something more. We are called to be a reflection of God in all the ways that we speak and live and love. Most especially in these days of pandemic when our visibility, so to speak, is forced into the background. I wonder, I wonder what kind of commitment, what kind of love and compassion, what kind of faith people see when they look at us. I mean, it's one thing for us to have this sign out front of the church that says, we are the church no matter where or how we meet. But how is that actually perceived out there in the world? How are we seen, beloved? Do people see in us merely a half-hearted attempt to be good, or at least good enough people, as Garrison Keeler used to say? Or do they see a shining example of righteousness in us? Do they see people who are not led astray by, what, by whatever seems easier or more expedient or personally beneficial for the short term, but who do the right thing, who act in accordance with God's principles, standing up, speaking out, living what we believe, even if that means a personal risk or two? It comes down, you see, to our statement of faith, a statement of faith that is made real and identifiable in our identity as children of God. For that is what we are. It's there in the work we do, in the ways that we relate to one another, in the ways we seek to be faithful in all our dealings, in what we intend for the world. This day and every day, may that faith come shining through in every large and small happening in our lives, in every good word we share, in every warm embrace, even if it's one that's socially distanced. In all things, may our identity come forth and may that identity be rooted in the love of Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. And it's in his name 
that we give our thanks unto God. Amen and amen. And that's the message entitled, And That Is Who We Are. And it was recorded for our September the 13th online service of worship at East Church in Concord, New Hampshire. By the way, those online services are continuing into the fall. So if you're looking for a way to worship in these days, we invite you to join with us every Sunday morning at 10 o'clock via Facebook Live on our East Church Facebook page. We'd really like to have you be with us. And with that, we're at the end of this episode of Love to Tell the Story. This is Michael Lowry, and I do thank you for listening today. And until next time, stay safe, be well, and may God bless you with a great day every day. Talk to you soon.